Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Hey, we're grateful that you've uh, joined us in this podcast. Lisa and I are having a conversation with one another and with you, uh, even though obviously we can't see you. Uh, but we have titled this podcast, Our Body Remembers. And part of our hope in this time uh, with one another is to be aware of how familiar and common uh, our body reacts and responds to one another because of something in our own story, something in our own history. And we'll, we'll unpack that a bit. But it is a, it's a common, I, I think, struggle both for us, but for so many couples in this, in this world of marriage, but also in the work of marriage, as I have noticed over the years therapeutically uh, with couples, it, it's a common, uh, just fam- can't even say it enough. I've already said it twice common, but familiar way of uh, reacting and responding to one another. And sometimes we're, we're not really sure what's happening. And so we, we want to give some clarity and maybe even some language uh, to you, to those of you listening, uh, that can help us navigate moments where we're not just necessarily stuck, uh, but we feel like we're going under. And that was part of our experience. Uh, we had a conversation over the last couple of weeks that we'll come back to in a few minutes, but just want to preface this conversation with you around how so many of us can become stuck in these cycles of disconnect and uh, misunderstanding and hurt, and we're not really sure what's happening. And I think where if that's a a cycle that's perpetuated over time, it's really hard to return and come back to. Mm -hmm. And I have been made aware lately of just how much happens like in our body as opposed to maybe in our mind. And um, I think we sometimes stay stuck in our mind. We're trying to be logical. We're trying to Mm -hmm. figure out, wait, what just happened between us? Or we're trying to understand, but sometimes our body is just feeling something. We're we're being triggered Mm -hmm. or we're just having a feeling and it's more in our body. And so it's hard to even put words to it sometimes. And I've recently been reading this book called The Body Keeps the Score, and it talks a lot about how... Wonderful book. Yeah, it's a great book. Um, we recommend it. It's a really you know heavy read. You take little parts at a time, but it it's kind of that reminder that so much of what maybe happened in our past is stored in our body, and especially in the area of trauma, mm-hmm. that comes out in different times when we feel triggered, and it often comes out in marriage because, you know, there's something that was said or there's some, something that was familiar. And so, you know, it's hard to sometimes even understand what's happening. And so I think just to be aware that that's happening Mm -hmm. and that it just gives us a new language that my body feels like this right now. I I don't even have words for it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then trying to maybe put a story to that is kind of what happened for us. It was really, really helpful. Um, so yeah, I think we just want to explore that a little bit. Yeah. Maybe we, we start with, uh, a particular client story that I, I think will create some clarity around what we mean by our body remembers. And then 
uh, we'll share a, a recent <clears throat> experience for us, a story for us where, where something in our body was remembering, uh, and, and, and then what we were able to work through within remembering. So a while ago I was working with this couple and they were having a, a difficult time, uh, navigating, uh, a particular experience in the evening. This was a common experience for this couple. And I'll just preface it by saying, uh, that for him, for the uh, husband, uh, part, a significant part of his story was that when he, uh, was, I'll just say later on in his life, uh, later on in school, uh, he had to go live with someone else other than his own mother and father. And so particularly for him, uh, there was, I think this, we, we, we would just say, um, this sense of something might be wrong with me if I'm him, that I have to go live with somebody else. It was, it was required of him. Uh, essentially he wasn't welcome in the family any longer. And so he had to go live somewhere else and with someone else. And so, uh, he did. I'll just say he did okay for a few years. He he was, I think, coped pretty well. Uh, was able to. I think the way he did cope uh, was he became. I'll just say somewhat of a an an accomplished person. Uh, became very preoccupied with his work and over the years became very successful. I think as a uh, as a way to cope with the loss, the loss of connection, the loss of relationship, particularly with his mother. What was happening for this couple, though, uh, particularly in the evening, is uh, he would want to stay up after the kids were in bed, and his wife was really tired. And she would often say, I'm tired, I need to go to bed. And he would want to stay up and visit and connect. Uh, and she was tired, she didn't have any more energy. And there was a scene that they would describe that, that happened, I'll just say more than once, where uh, they would be in the living room, and she would begin walking up the stairs with her back to him. And... And as she walked further up the stairs, something was happening in his body. He began to be aware, although through therapeutic work, I think this awareness started to become more clear, but he would get really agitated. Uh, he would tense up. Uh, it, it, it almost, almost in this angry fit. And, and he, the, I think for him, what was happening was he was reacting. His body was remembering the loss of relationship and connection with his own mother as his wife would walk up the stairs. Her back was to him. There was a, there was a sense of losing access. Uh, and, and his body was reacting to this loss. And so it would create tremendous conflict for the two of them. He would, he would I think, hold it against her. He might be silent the next morning. Uh, and they couldn't make sense of what was happening in this moment, in this dynamic. And so as we began to unpack some of his history and his story, uh, he revealed this part of his story uh, that his wife was aware of, but not necessarily to the degree that it was impacting him today. And that is such a key part of our work in marriage is, as we have said numerous times, it's that can we be aware of how the past is always part of the present. Maybe it lies dormant. Maybe we're not fully aware of its impact or its effect. But for this couple, it was very alive that as she walked up the stairs, his body would again become tense. He, he would pace. Uh, he might try to soothe or comfort himself in other ways that he, he couldn't understand nor metabolize or bear the angst in his body as he lost access with his wife as she walked up the stairs. 
and and our our work began to unpack some of that story and 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 the beautiful part of of their i think awareness that began to kick in was as she became aware more aware of that story of the loss of his mother and the way in which her walking up the stairs was what we would refer to as a reenactment uh, a remembering of the past there was a i think a tenderness over time from her that began to cultivate and soothe the way in which his body would react in those moments hmm. yeah i i think there would be a temptation really to on her part to be frustrated like sure. i'm tired what why yeah. are you frustrated What's wrong with me you? i mean you can see where yeah. these kind of arguments can go round and round because we don't necessarily always know why our body's reacting and they aren't logical and they don't make sense mm-hmm. and you know, you can't be mad at me. I'm just tired. You know, how many people feel like that, right? right. But there's something else going on. There is. And when we can sort of dig deeper and find out what is actually happening or what's being triggered or what's being reenacted. Mm. Yeah, what's being remembered. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, uh, it's, a, it's a completely different story. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps soften the way in which we are reacting. Almost like, like you said, she would, initially respond but what's wrong with you i mean again it doesn't match and that's a uh what we say a key point in this conversation is when we're aware that our our particular emotional response or reactivity might not line up or match to the event or experience there like you just said lisa it was really helpful of there's something more to it there's something more happening and, and, and then i would i would also assume for him or for the one that is having the reaction you know oftentimes you're feeling like what is my what? problem? Yeah, yeah. Why am, what's happening to yeah. me? And some, sometimes you might lash out and sometimes you might try to hide it. Like yeah. this is, this is just not okay. What's going on with me? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I feel out of control. I feel panicked. Um, yeah, I, I know say, I've had that feeling, you know, and yep. it just, it doesn't match. And so then you feel cut and then shame's going to kick in because you feel like I shouldn't be feeling like this. Mm-hmm. This doesn't, you know, this doesn't match what she's doing or what he, you know, he's doing. And so, then you get down the shame spiral and, you know, it's, it's very confusing. It is. And for him, that was true. It was disorienting. It was confusing. What's wrong with me? I, I can't make sense, which is why we were actually working through it therapeutically. They were struggling. They couldn't make sense of what was happening. And so sometimes, yes, that is true for each of us that our emotional rea- reaction responses, what, what, what it, I can't make sense of it. And, and sometimes that is when we feel disoriented and confused. Sometimes that is a response of, of what shame leads our body to feel. We feel disoriented. We feel confused. We can't make sense of something. We're, uh, what, what's happening for me? What's happening in my, bo- in, our, in my body? Which is, again, a key part of this conversation is it, our body remembers. Sometimes we're not actively and or consciously aware of what we are remembering, which is why we have conversations, why we try to reveal story with one another. So this was true for Lisa and I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were outside uh, having dinner, and you had... Uh, I had been been having one of my, let's just say my slippery slope is loneliness, mm-hmm. and so yeah. I had a really lonely day. I had had a lot of feelings about it, and we had we did conversations in the morning about it. And, um, and the day before. And the day before. <laughs> it had been going before. on for a little while. Um, and you know, Steve was able to stay really present and, Mm. but it was just lingering. It was just lingering. I couldn't shake it. And I, um, yeah, it was, it was still happening at dinner and we were, 
having a nice dinner and we're sitting outside we're enjoying the moment everything should have been great <laughs> <laughs> but i could not shake it and so i i, I wasn't very present mm -hmm. so when you when you say i wasn't very present maybe you could help clarify what does that mean like when you when there's loneliness when there's a, a sense of feeling lonely and you might not feel present what what would you say that feels I mean, like or looks like you know i think any of us when we get preoccupied with whatever it is that we're struggling with. Yeah. You know, it can be so many things. Right. And we kind of get in our head about it. And I just kept trying to stay in my head about it, about like, you know, well, what about this? And why, you know, why do mm -hmm. I feel like this? And I'm, I'm trying to work it through. Yeah. And again, it probably would have been better for me to pay more attention to my body. Uh, but in this instance, I was really in my head about it. And so I think when we're in our head about something that we're, we're really struggling with in our heart, I mm -hmm. think we just have this, flat affect, you know, we're, we're just not that present because we're so preoccupied by whatever it is going on. Mm -hmm. And so we were sitting at dinner and, and I was kind of preoccupied. And then I, I think I mentioned it again and it got to be, it sort of crossed the threshold of yeah. like window of tolerance for yeah. Steve, like, good. okay, good. you know, good. I, I think that's a good descriptor a window of tolerance that, yeah. that, uh, hopefully over the course of our life together, we, we developed this window of tolerance with one another, not, not just tolerating, but um, the capacity to endure the struggle and the heartache and the difficulty of the other, what they might be experiencing, that it, it becomes in a way part of our own DNA, if you will, the, that as our spouse struggles or has difficulty or um, the, the complexity of being just human and human relationships is that it, it has impact. So our spouse's emotional world impacts us. And that's an important part of the difficulty that we might be experiencing sometimes is, is that at some point, and this is true, I think for me and for many of us, that at some point um, we reach, we'll just say the threshold, we reach uh, full capacity that, that I, I, I think I was doing fine. I think yeah, over I mean, the, you, over the you course, had been so present. And so I, present. Like I agreed. I, I was like, you're right. This is just, yeah. it's gone on way too long. Right. And, and but yet was, I couldn't control it, right? Right, it's, right. Yeah, so. and it's, it's not about what you ought not to feel. It's more of what, what happens next is this is what we want to highlight, uh, is that we, we reach a particular point where, I, 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 and I think I was able to say it, I, I have nothing left. Um. I, I reached I reached the tipping point. I think that's the way I described it. Well, and it, and it wasn't so much that you didn't have anything left; it's that it began to trigger you. Yeah, it began to trigger me, and this is this is the part of our our conversation that we hope you can not some way identify as the same, but that you're you're something is going to happen next that you can resonate with. I think that that I got what we would just say triggered, or we could just say I started to react, and. And the reaction wasn't matching or lining up to what Lisa was experiencing. It wasn't about Lisa. I started to get a bit agitated. I was a little frustrated. Um, I, I, I think I just, I looked away. Uh, I, I was silent for a bit. I, I was kind of edgy maybe. It's, it's one of those moments where I think we both feel like, you know, we're having a reaction at the same time. Yeah. And neither one of us feels like, we can take the lead. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just that feeling where you think, oh no, I'm feeling upset. Now he's feeling upset. Mm -hmm. Now we're both kind of stuck. And it's just one of those worst feelings where you just feel like, great, now what? Well, now what is is helpful? If we can ask that question, now what, of ourselves when we're, 
we find ourselves being triggered. We find ourselves remembering our, our bodies reacting and responding. We, we can actually ask if we can be mindful enough to ask the question, now what? Or what, what's happening? Or what just happened? What am I aware of? What's happening in my body? Those are all very, they're not synonymous, but they're very similar ways of engaging our reaction, our response. And so here's what it sounds like. Here's what it looks like, uh, is that as I was being triggered, bothered, irritated, even frustrated, all of a sudden I remembered a story. Now this, this doesn't mean it happens often for us or for me or for Lisa, and maybe it does for some of you listening, but I, all of a sudden I remembered a story. Well, and, and we've paid attention we've, to story. Yeah. So they, these stories don't necessarily come up unless like we talk about them all the time. And so I think we naturally want to go, we want to think about stories. So probably because of that. Well, I think because of that, but also, um, just, it, it just came to you. Yeah. There was a, just an awareness. I think, uh, that sometimes if we can ask ourselves the question of what's happening, what's familiar, just like my client, that I could ask him that same question mm-hmm. of what's familiar for you as your wife goes up the stairs. What's familiar about that? Well, what do you mean what's familiar? Well, what part of your story is being remembered in your body when your wife goes up the stairs? Mm-hmm. I think I was, I didn't ask myself the very, that very question, but something similar, what's happening? And so uh, just a picture, a story came to my mind when I was in fifth grade. I remember this very vividly as I began to tell the story, but not necessarily consciously prior to that. And mm-hmm. this is what happens in marriage. It's designed to tell story. That's what the intent and purpose of marriage is, is to reveal story, to share story, to be known. That's what we said I do too. And so as I began to share the story, the story of when I was in fifth grade, I remember my in this moment in our house, uh, I was walking by and I remember my mom looking out the window. That's all I remember. And it was this vac- vacant, uh, disengaged, unengaged, uh, lack of presence, it, it was almost this vacancy to her, to her and her body. And obviously when I was fifth grade, 11 or so, I, I didn't have words necessarily for what I was experiencing, but something was stored in my body in that moment. And it was, I think, a sense of being an inconvenience, a bother, I don't matter, I'm not important, something like that. And so that was the story that I shared with you, with Lisa. Well, I, and, and even I think you put words to what you know, when you walked by, you were kind of comforting her because she was saying mm-hmm. something like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Or something. And you were saying, no, it's okay. Yeah. You know, that I mean, that, that was really that was, powerful to me. Sure. Then that was the role I played was mm-hmm. the one. As the as oldest son. Soothe, and, oldest son to mm-hmm. soothe, to comfort, to make sure she's okay. Mm-hmm. And so there, to me, when I lose access to you, to Lisa, when I, not always, but when I'm playing that role or being in that space or place of soothing, I, I, I lose something. And I was pretty vacant that day. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and again, not, not saying or implying that ought not to occur. Right. It's that my body is remembering something of familiarity, something of story. And, and that has taken us a work to get to a place where we could actually put words to a story where you could be curious. And, and I think it, it it's, it was amazing in a way of how you, you, you came back. Yeah. Like you returned. Yeah. Like when you it's, heard that story. It was the power of story. Yeah. yeah. What, so what happened for you when you heard the story? I, you know, it's something just clicked in my mind. Like I, I got brought out of my, hmm. you know, woe is me depth. And I was so impacted. 
I could so clearly, the way you mm. described it, I could so clearly see you. And I felt so sad. And um, yeah, it was just really powerful. Mm. And I didn't want you to have to, you know, I didn't, I wanted to take care of you in that moment. And so I realized the role I was playing was I was being that vacant mom, you mm -hmm. know? And so. You, you And please hear those of you listening. It's not as if Lisa was mother or my mother. It was that something was familiar in the way I was being with you and right. experiencing you. Right. Yeah. And it, it just, I don't know. It helped me. I, I mean, I didn't even have to logically think about it. It just all of a sudden helped me go, no, I, you know, I don't want that for you. Yeah. I'm having this over here, but this doesn't have to hijack our time, which it had been, you know, mm -hmm. happening all day long. And so something just really, there's just something powerful about a story and about understanding what it is that was happening for you. Mm -hmm. And I was suddenly able to just set that aside and go, no, no, that's, that's not what I want for us. That's not what I want our story to be about. Mm -hmm. um, and it just helped me to, to come back to presence and mm -hmm. to see you and, um, I think what you're also naming in that is what we have um, also taught in the conferences that we do, the marriage conferences, is the, the remembering that we, we get to and have the privilege to be for the other what wasn't true in their story. Mm -hmm. And, and in, I think in that moment, what you're naming and putting words to is exactly that, that, that you were present, you, you returned, you, your gaze literally uh, came back. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the healing balm, if you will, of, of what marriage is meant to be at times. Uh, similar to that couple, my couple that I shared the story about, that mm -hmm. as her face and countenance turned toward him in the story of abandonment that he had endured with his own mother that was being reenacted and remembered as she walked up the stairs, uh, that's what it looks like in the context of not, not so much repair, but return. Uh, a return to connection and even a return presence. to presence. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it can be as simple as it, it really was as simple as just sharing that story. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then it was a little complex in that I wasn't sure what to do. Like right. I had to ask you, right. what do you need? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know. And, yeah. Yeah. and I didn't, it's not like I knew suddenly, Oh, here's what I'm going to do, but it did bring that presence back. Mm -hmm. And so then I did have to figure out, well, what is, what is it that you need right now? What, what would make you feel like I'm present? And mm -hmm. we talked about play, you know, and we ended up having a great time making jack chip cookies. Yeah, you know, it was, was like yeah. we were able to come full circle and that was just a beautiful moment. But this is not something that happens every day. This is, you know, lots of paying attention. Mm -hmm. I, I would say uh, maybe a, a a muscle of awareness that 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 that's what we hope to develop over the course of marriage in our life together. And for those of you listening, that would be the hope is that the remembering that this is a process, that's a developmental process, meaning that when our body remembers, meaning again that when we are reacting or responding in a way that we can't make sense of, or it doesn't quite match, or it feels overwhelming, it. it it feels confusing and disorienting. Might we be intentional about two things? One is to be able to ask ourselves what's happening, maybe what's familiar, uh, and and then the prompt of is there anything that's familiar in my story, 
And might we ask that of one another? Right. Is there anything familiar about this in your own story? Yeah, because often we need the other. We really need to the ask. other to ask the question. And in this instance, right. I didn't, but it, oftentimes we get stuck and the other can say, mm-hmm. wow, your body's having this reaction. You know, what, what, do you, what are you noticing or mm-hmm. what are you remembering? And so it's really helpful oftentimes for the other to be able to ask. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the power of healing, like we really believe that that this is the design, that God designed the marriage for, oftentimes for just healing and for presence. And this is just one one of those opportunities to, to be present to one another. And that would be our hope and our invite for those of you listening, that there would be a remembering, uh, that when your body is triggered and or remembering something in the way it is being revealed emotionally, uh, may you be intentional about inviting one another to story so that that healing presence can be what you experience. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us on the web at thereconnectinstitute.com. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Reconnect 